Dalton takes a shotgun snap. Quick throw. Nice. Caught by Get Green. It, it is a yeah. touchdown. Adriel Jeremiah Green. Hello and welcome to episode 107 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. Hello and welcome again. It may be the bye week, but uh, we're powering through because there's still a lot to talk to and it's a natural moment to reflect and think about what has gone before and perhaps what might happen in the future, in the second half of the season. My name is Paul Hirons and joining me is, as ever, Nathan Palmer. Nathan, hello. I'm going to be on to HMRC about you, son. I've been doing this podcast just about every week this year with no holiday days at all, and I don't think you're living <laughs> up to the 20-day statutory that I'm entitled to. Hold on a minute. You've taken about 58 days holiday this year. You keep <laughs> going off to Italy for the weekends. All sorts going on. <laughs> How are you, my son? What have you been up to? Well, I like to say, I, 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 some, it's weird, isn't it? A lot of people, you know, still get their football fix on a Sunday night. They watch Red Zone and luxuriate in the in the opportunity to see other teams and not worry about a helter-skelter Bengals performance. Um, I did our tailgate yesterday, which is great fun. We had a chilli challenge. We had three uh, cooks from around... Uh, the UK. We went into their kitchens live and they were cooking uh, their versions of Cincinnati chilli. Uh, were you like the Ainsley Harriet of this cook-off? Please, that would be an insult. No, I am merely... <laughs> someone, someone, someone did ask uh, which... Uh, it was me and Pete Daswell, which one were we? Were we either Greg Wallace or John Tarot from MasterChef? Uh, I'm not quite sure which one we each we were, but anyway, yeah, it was really good fun, and uh, I think we we learned a lot about Cincinnati chili, and um, yeah, it was it was good, it was really good. But you know, it's back to business this week, isn't it? Because we've got a big game coming up on Sunday against you know who. Uh, but before we get to that, I think we are going to talk about uh, the season, really, aren't we? But to answer your question, I actually as soon as the tailgate finished. I watched a little bit of, of football, but I just thought, right, now's a great opportunity to take take Sunday off, put my feet up, get away from do it. A bit all. Of li- do a bit of lifting. Bit of what? Bit of lifting, son. Like you're doing some <laughs> squats with, uh, you know, some decent sized dumbbells in down in the basement. You know, getting yourself shredded during the lockdown. The only lifting that I did was putting chocolate into my mouth, and I don't think uh, that that counts as working out, really, does it? Well, no, no, it doesn't. But um, I don't know. I just got visions of you with, like, with chains wrapped around you, son. You know, just like li- li- <laughs> lifted in a vest in your basement. You know, during lockdown, you just like sod it. I've had enough of this, and then you emerge after the one month lockdown, about eleven stone, shredded muscle. You know, just just like loads of like diesel oil dripping off of you. Just like an absolute masculine man after this lockdown. It sounds like some weird advert from the 1980s or a, frankly, a sex dream that you might have. But um, So I don't know whether to be flattered or horrified. With a German, a- German accent. 
you know, everything. <laughs> just like a new man after the lockdown. We're getting new insights into the depths of your mind these past couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm not sure whether I like it or not, but... Um, I don't know where I've really got that from, to be honest. The week of uh, the lockdown and no Bengals for a week, I've, you know, and obviously this US election I've been following, my brain's a bit like fuzz, I think, this week. So yeah. I don't make much sense then. Apologies. Yeah, I know what you mean. I was, It was so addictive watching all the US election. I've never really watched CNN before, but bloody hell. Hey, CNN. I can see it's outrageous, isn't it? I can see you on the magic wall. I could, that is mate, I love lover. the magic wall, mate. I absolutely love it. You could be Britain's answer to John King. You really could be. I reckon you he's could do an, it. He's an animal, that geezer, isn't it? Oh, my goodness me. I don't know where he kept talking for about... Was it five days straight? Pretty, he's probably still there in his house, just like standing in front of the window, touching it and talking 100 miles an hour. Um, but, yeah, I can see you doing that, Nathan. I can see you. Mate, I, I literally I was presenting a report today at work, and I was trying to like some numbers on it. I was trying to emulate John King. <laughs> I was trying to get some of those words in there that he was using and just try to phrase it in the way he would have phrased it. I, it was so ridiculously addictive. Like, oh, God. But anyway, so what are we talking about? Well, I was going to say, I could be the Wolf Blitzer to your uh, to your John King. Quite happy to do <laughs> I that. I see you as Wolf Blitzer. He, Wolf Blitzer's quality as well. Like you, you need to grow out that beard, though, like Wolf. Yeah, I know, right? He's... Uh... He's got that designer grey stubble going on, hasn't he? I, I could, yeah, yeah, I could, I could, I could do that. Um, Smart pair of shades as well, isn't he? Like those glasses that sort of fit his head, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, most glasses do fit people's heads. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was uh, without mentioning any politics at all. It was a very intense watch for five days, pretty much, wasn't it? Bloody hell! So, what did you do? Did you did you tune into Red Zone last night and check out the what was happening around the league? I did. I put Red Zone on. I had an accumulator on that was uh, pretty much a disaster. Um, but yeah, just stuck Red Zone. It's quite nice being able to watch stuff with the NFL with just uh, you know, a cheeky beer, a Manabria or what else. Um, and just not really care too much. You know, Just take yeah. it all in, keep an eye on your fantasy football, keep an eye on your bet and just take it all in. Um, yeah. It's interesting to see other teams as well because you're obviously so used to just watching the Bengals and whoever they play and then maybe you catch a little bit of the 9 o'clock games. But, you know, it was cool to see some other teams and how they're getting on. And so, I mean, that game, I see the game I watched, it was absolutely outrageous. Miami against Arizona. Yeah. Tour against, um, what's his name, Kyler Murray. Murray. That was outrageous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched a bit of the Chargers. Well, Justin Herbert, he's a quality player. They probably should have beaten the Raiders at the end. But uh, there's some good games around the league, I tell you. Yeah, the one game I did dip into briefly was the Carolina-Kansas uh, City, and that was a terrific oh, yeah. game as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there we go. It's, 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 we I, tell you, I tell you what, and obviously this is relevant to who we've had on the podcast, because obviously we had Scott Hansen on a few episodes ago. Red Zone is such a quality product. Yeah. I mean, it's unlike anything else you see in Europe. I mean, to have all these games without any adverts, just back to back to back to back to back for about six, eight hours, however long it goes on for, with no commercials at all yeah were just the best plays a phenomenal product yeah absolutely no, I agree. phenomenal i agree and we were very lucky to have scott and uh, his producer ryan who's a bengals fan on the podcast um well let's talk bengals shall we um it is traditional this time of year to um to, as i say take a take a breath a pause and uh, some bengals uk fans will be Recording a round table for your listening and watching pleasure uh, in the middle of the week. Again, just to kind of look back at the first half of the season. But we're going to do it um, as well. 
this evening. Um, so yeah, it is the half-term report. Uh, so let's dive into it. Right, there we go. Uh, that was the thing. I thought that was Postman Pat for half a second. No, yeah. it was Grange Hill, mate. The classic school <laughs> programme from the 1980s. Uh, once again, showing my age. But, um, yeah, it is um, traditional to do grades and look back. And it's I find it quite a difficult season to grade, really. Lots of things have been happening. Um, do you want to go through each position group and give your, uh, your grades? Is oh, I'd love to, my son. Well, let, let's. I think this is quite an easy one. Let's start with quarterback and uh, Joe Burrow, and obviously expectation was high. Um, Paul Dana Jr. in the Athletic did a fantastic piece today, uh, really diving deeply into his development, his success, what he's doing great, what he's not, and he talked to people like Brian Callahan and 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 Zach and Darren Simmons and Brian Pitcher and it is really fantastic you get a real insight into quarterback play and the minutiae of it and uh, the 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 skill and the processing speed and everything it's really really worthwhile i'm going to give joe burrow uh now bear in mind i refuse to go absolutely nutsack crazy about Joe Burrow because um, I really don't like putting that amount of pressure and an expectation onto any player number one pick or not and we've seen so many high draft picks in the in the top three top five completely tank it in the past so I refuse to to get on that steamer of a Burrow train to begin with uh, but I'm going to give him an A+. I've been absolutely staggered <laughs> at... After all of that, you, you, you gave it all the big, and I thought you were going to give him a B or something to be no, a bit controversial. It's just, it's just, just a straight A+. He's been he's, he's surpassed all my expectations, basically. I think the stats back it up, don't they? And just his poise, his swagger. The thing that really impresses me is his accuracy. You know, it's such a fine line in the NFL and we've we've had a good quarterback in Andy Dalton for the past decade but I don't think I've seen I think I mentioned it last week I don't think I've seen accuracy like this since Ken Anderson I really don't and that's the thing that's blown me away the accuracy he's he's fitting passes and balls into such tight windows it sort of takes your breath away really so yeah a plus for me uh, and that's just based on the fact that he's a rookie and coming in he's coming into a shall we say a below average team and uh yeah he's just been he's just been fantastic he has indeed for me i'm going to go with an a i'll just leave a bit of room for milk but he is phenomenal he has got everything you want in a quarterback we built him up a lot he had a lot of hype coming in he absolutely matched up to it there's not been any thing there that you can really knock he made a couple of mistakes he's probably held on to the ball a bit long a couple of times the only way reason i'm not giving him an a plus is because of the win total and that's not all on him at all it's being quite harsh but he's not been perfect but he's been pretty much as good as you can get close to perfect he just has played with so much maturity more than anything else the way the accuracy as you mentioned is 
his versatility, the movement, the leadership, everything's been fantastic. And we've got a great quarterback on our hands. He's, he's struggled behind an offensive line as well that at times has not been fantastic this season. He's missed people like Joe Mixon um, for the last couple of games. But he's just played with such poise and authority. And we're very, very lucky. You know, we're very, 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 very lucky. And I think, um, and I think we're, what we're seeing in the past couple of weeks is the offensive line kind of getting used to the fact uh, his movement and his ability to extend the play because that offensive line have not really been used to that kind of quarterback style, and he's not he's not doing it all the time. Um, but I think you know the, the unit itself is starting to come together, and certainly Burrow himself has, as I say, some of the passes that just take your breath away. Really, just in terms of accuracy, they're not necessarily flashy passes at all, and. Um, but they're just like wow, because you can only compare him to what's come before. And I have to say, you know, as I say, Don was a really good quarterback. But some of the passes that Burrow is firing out is you just like, I'm sorry, but Andy wouldn't be able to do that on such a consistent basis. I don't think, and I think that's entirely fair to say. I really do. Um, yeah, I think Dalton had had his time in Cincinnati and played very well. He was in a very good team when he had those sort of glory years about four or five years ago. Um, but Joe Burrow with a team that I mean, he's got a good offense. He's got some good receivers. He's got the lines questionable. Got some good running backs, but he's just playing like a seasoned vet, and that's all you can say. He's playing like a peak Andy Dalton already um, in an offense last year that was pretty much abysmal. So we've gone from that to this, where we've the last two weeks the offense has looked like I said last week the best I've seen it look for nearly 15 years, apart from those Pete Carson Palmer years when he was slinging it to Chad and TJ and the 2005 year where we really probably could have won it all, um, and that Andy Dalton year that offense the last two weeks has looked as good as that. Um, that's high praise, and you know I think there's probably going to be some points towards the end of the season where it dips down again and it'll go up and down it'll be a bit sort of volatile but the last couple of weeks if it's anything to go by and his performances are anything to go by we've got a special one on our hands Agreed Right let's go to running back shall we I'm going to give it a I'm going to give that room a C plus I think or maybe a C I'll give it a C um I know they've not had great running lanes to run through. The offensive line hasn't been doing a fantastic job in that sense. Um, I can't help feeling slightly disappointed with Mixon, and I just can't quite put my finger on why. And yet, Geo comes in for the past couple of games, and he's been really good. And you have to say, P. Ryan has played really well last week as well. So, um it's a tricky one, but yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll give him a C because you know Mixon's a very talented guy. Uh, I've really enjoyed seeing Geo have some extended time on the field again because we all know what he can do, and it's been great for him and for us to kind of confirm what he can do. Um, I just hope going forward, actually, that they do find a way to use them both um, effectively. You know. Um, and as again, as we were saying last week, this team might just be a pass-first team, um, which could suit Mixon as well. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly at this stage, I'll give them a C, I think. 
I completely agree. I give them a C. Um, they're ranking about, I think, 26th or 27th um, for yards, only 3.7 yards of carries, so and nothing special. But I, I agree with you about the passing first team. That's how the Bengals look. I think that's how the NFL is trending at the moment. There was a good quote last night from one of the commentators saying that in the past, you used to sort of have to set up the run, uh, sorry, you had to run the ball to set up the pass. So now, if anything, you have to pass it to set up the run. It's just yeah, changed yeah. your pass-first league, and that's how it is now. And the Bengals feel like that. You know, I thought that for the first sort of five, six games with Joe Mixon, they were desperately trying to get him going. They know he's a talented player. They know he can perform, and Zach Taylor likes to use the play action, wants to get that run game going. And I think when Mixon went out, through no fault of his own, they basically said, look, we, we're not going to force trying to run it with Geo. Um, they don't think that P. Ryan is that sort of first or second back. So they very much went past first, and it absolutely worked a dream. You know, they sort of mixed Geo in there and P. Ryan in there, and they did a bit. You know, they got a few yards. It was nothing special, but it was effective. And it'll be interesting because I, I presume Mixon will be back um, this week against the Steelers. So... It'll be interesting to see how they sort of weight that. Do they go back to trying to sort of pursue the run and try and get that going, try and give Joe Mixon sort of 20, 25 touches a game? Or do they try and mix it in and get Gio in there in the slot a bit more? Or I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. But I agree. I, I think it's C. I think they've been heavily overshadowed by what Burrow's done. They've been heavily overshadowed by what someone like Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins have done. Um, but they've not been bad as such. It's just that they haven't really had a chance to be that effective, I, I would say. Uh, you made a really good point, actually, um, which is surprising in itself. But um, the <laughs> <laughs> you said that, you know, because we, we were expecting Zach to come over from the Rams t- and feature the play action a hell of a lot because that was a staple in the Rams' offence, right? And you could see him, like you said, you know, trying to get that run game going so they could get the play action going. Occasionally it would come off. And I think maybe Zach has kind of said or realised, I just haven't got, again, I just haven't got the personnel to do that. And um, I do wonder, he's, I do wonder whether Zach has been sort of um, kind of evolving on the fly as well to, and, and adapting to what he's got. Um, you know, no, no coach likes to admit that his game plan isn't quite working. But uh, I think I think maybe Zach has, has evolved and adapted a little bit, and we're seeing uh, a lot more sort of sweeps and uh, and kind of little passes and and uh, screens and all the rest of it, just to keep those chains uh, running. Because you know, to begin with, we saw a lot of you know second and long, third and long, and it makes such a difference if suddenly you. You you get together a little screen and it goes for seven eight yards and suddenly you're second and two third and one whatever makes such a difference. So it is interesting to see the coaching staff um, evolve and adapt uh, to what's going on and uh, it's interesting that they have been sort of implementing that. I don't mind it at all if it works great you know good for them. Well, the Rams as well had like a real peak team for running the ball, didn't they? They had a fantastic offensive line when Zach Taylor was there, quite, probably quite easily the best in the league. Yeah. And they had a peak Todd Gurley. So if you're going to set, you know, really run the ball and set up the play action, you're going to get it done with a line like that and Todd Gurley. Mm. It's different when you've got, um, you know, you're running sort of a fairly pedestrian offensive line and, you know, no disrespect to Joe Mixon, but he's not really a peak Todd Gurley. So... You know, it's harder to do. Um, But you you just don't see teams as much. I mean, you look around the league now, there's been such a trend in the last couple of years towards 
quarterbacks that are mobile. You've got your tours now. You've got your obviously Russell Wilson's been doing it for a long time. Lamar Jackson's had a huge amount of success. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys. Patrick Mahomes has obviously completely revolutionised the position. Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow is he's not necessarily on their level of um, athleticism, but he's still got a lot of movement. He can make plays happen and. With the quarterback that's able to do that, it just evolves the playbook a bit more. You get a few more looks, you get a few more um, formations. It's not that traditional sort of like get Jamal Lewis and smash it out the middle for four or five yards and that sort of old school like AFC North style of mm. football like Jerome Bettis and Willis McGahee and all those classics of old. Good, good um, names, it is good a bit, names. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a bit, you know, it's a different game of running the ball now and there's still a place for that, but... I do think that we we may well see the Bengals transition to this sort of you know spread out a couple you know get a few people out wide and try and toss the ball around well, on, uh, you know a bit a bit more like the sort of high school playground style of offense. Well, I but, think, that, I think you know, that, Joe Burrow can certainly do it. I think they're there already, to be honest with you. Yeah, and um, it's interesting. This this is a, a another discussion for another time. But the actual value of the running back in the NFL. Um, we kept being told before the mix and deal, the extension that, you know, you just don't pay running backs because that position is not of value as much. And, you know, he's a fan favourite and it made the fans feel good that he signed an extension. But, you know, if you're suddenly going to have to, finding yourself transition into a pass first sort of little, you know, screens and jet sweeps and all the rest of it and end arounds and whatever... Um, suddenly the running back doesn't become quite as as important anymore. Um, so it's interesting. I find it very interesting. Right, uh, next position group. Let's go offensive line. I'm going to give it a D, I think. Um, obviously not great to begin with, but, you know, Bobby Hart and I think Joan has been solid. He's... Don't forget, this is his first season, and he's 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 shown some promise. I think Bobby Hart's having his best season, which again is not saying much, but he's having his best season. Trey Hopkins been okay. It's the interior that I've been worrying about, the guard positions, and um, but then again, they played okay against the Colts. They played okay against a good Cleveland pass rush, and again, you know. They played okay against the Colts, against people like Justin Houston and DeForest Buckner, you know. Um, but I think I think what I like at the moment is they've got some depth on the interior and, you know, I, there is the possibility in the coming weeks that the, there'll be two new starting guards there, you know. Xavier Suofilo, who I'm not convinced with, frankly, could be starting at right guard. Um and Quinton Spain could, should be starting at left guard, quite frankly, because I'm still not sure about Michael Jordan. Um, so I think there's obviously room for improvement. We all know, to begin with, they looked a bit of a horror show. Um, but yeah, I th- I've, I've seen signs of improvement in the past couple of weeks. Then, by no means a an elite unit, quite far from it. But um, I like the I like the way Billy Price is coming in played. I, I do think that. You know, Hopkins, as much as we love him as a guy and as solid he is as a player, I think, you know, if Billy keeps going and knocking on that door, I think, you know, I think there's a chance for him. But, yeah, um, I think there'll be improvements uh, in the next couple of weeks just because 
Quinton Spain looks a solid player. I mean, they're all going to be tested like like Billio this weekend against the Steelers and that pass rush. But yeah, I'm I I I take my hat off to them for the improvements, but there's obviously a long way to go. I'm going to give them a C minus. Oh, hello. On the ba- the first couple of weeks felt really bad. Joe Burrow was getting mauled out there. I think if you'd asked both of us at the you know sort of four weeks into the season, you'd probably be looking at an E or an F. But they the, the reason I'm giving them a C minus, they've made progress. And what we want to see is Jonah Williams playing and asserting himself as a quality tackle. And I think he's done that, and that's massive because we know what we had in him. He could have been a, a Cedric he Jake Fisher. We really didn't know. He was very well hyped. He was highly drafted, but we didn't really know what we had. And he's looked good, and that's massive. So that's a real positive. The rest of the line's a bit up in the air, but I think you have seen performances from players that give you a little bit of hope. Billy Price has been a bit better in the last couple of weeks. I still don't think he's going to be someone that stays on this team and has a role here in a few years to come. I just don't think he will, but he's been better. I think Bobby Hart's been better. I know we like to have a moan about Bobby, and I think certainly he's been warranted at times, but I do think he's played better. Certainly if you look at Pro Football Focus, it will tell you that he's played a lot better. Um, so I think there's some credit to go to him. I agree with you on the inside of the line. That looks slightly more problematic. I agree on Michael Jordan. Still think he's got a lot of work to do. Um, Hakeem Adenergy looks like he could be a good player. He stepped in last week. He's one of those guys, late round pick, that Bengals Twitter love. You speak to any coach on Bengals Twitter, you speak to any fan, they seem to like Hakeem Adenergy. There's a lot of buzz around him. I believe Dave Lapham's had a bit of buzz around him. So he's someone that, will be interesting to monitor. Obviously, they've got BJ Finney off the Seahawks. Again, he's going to be interesting. Quentin Spain's going to be interesting. So, whilst they haven't played that well at times, maybe that's being a bit too kind, I think there's potential, and I think that they will get better as they gel together. There's some young guys on the line, and I think that a lot of the time, Joe Burrow may well have been to blame for a fair few of those sacks. I mean, it's not LSU. We can't dance around and throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. Um, it's not as easy as that in the NFL. So I think Joe Burrow will take some of those on his shoulders. But I think it's, I think there's encouraging signs there, certainly. So maybe a slightly generous C+. But, I, I, you know, I'm starting to, starting to believe in that line. Okay, let's talk about the tight ends. I think I'm going to give them a... I mean, there's not too many of them left, frankly, but um, <laughs> with uh, poor old CJ Uzama going down, um, I'm going to give them a C-. minus. But just because I don't... I just think Drew Sample's doing quite an unflashy job. He's become more uh, involved in the blocking schemes. as he's, he's You notice him moving up and down the line quite a lot in, in motion, which I think is obviously uh, an interesting tactic to get... To put the defense uh, on the on the back foot a little bit, um, he's not catching too many passes, but uh, I think he's developing into a really solid tight end, you know. So, and it's difficult to judge Mason Shrek and Seathan Carter. Seathan Carter is great that he's getting his his playing time because he's been a special teams, uh, well, a fantastic special teams player for a number of years now. So. I think they're doing a solid but unspectacular job, shall we say. There is no Tyler Eifert out there, um, you know, catching the ball down the seam. That's maybe one thing you'd like to see more of down 
with Drew Sample, but that's not necessarily his fault. He's being asked to do a role, and uh, I think he's doing it fairly well at the moment. So, um, yeah, C- for me. I, I'm going to go with you on the C-. minus. I think Uzama looked like he was going to have a big role to play in his offence before his injury. He got quite involved in the first couple of weeks. Um, it was a real shame to see him go down. Sample... I'd be happy with him, and I'd probably agree with you if he was a fourth-round pick or a fifth-round pick. I just think for that second round, you know, fairly high second-round pick as well, you probably want to see more than him. There's some really good young tight ends around the league, and he just has yet to have that impact in the passing game. I know he's, he's blocking game, he's been more involved in that, but for someone that you're going to spend a high second on, you want to see someone a little bit more involved. Second year now, you'd like to see him come on a bit more than he has. I know he's had some catches, and I know he worked out with Joe Burrow in the off-season, so they've got a little bit of chemistry there, but he's someone that in the last eight games of the season needs to really assert himself and prove himself, because if he can't, and they can't sort of work him into the passing game more than they have, I think that's going to be a position in the off-season where they might have to have a sort of, the Bengals front office might have to sit and have a look at do they need to draft someone else? Do they need to go and get a free agent? Sort of spice it up with some competition because behind Drew Sample, there's a, you know, the, you, the, it's pretty thin in the shed, so uh, shall we say? So, um, yeah, we'll have to have a C there, but I, I think C minus, uh, like you, my son. Okay. Wide receivers then. Um, tricky, isn't it? Because AJ. You know he's come on these last couple of weeks, and but he's not he's not he's not that deep threat anymore, and that's my sort of you know only knock on this wide receiver group that we don't have a blazing deep threat. Um, but maybe that is that is what AJ is now after all the injuries and the age. Um, I do think this could be his final season as a Bengal, unfortunately. Um, but as a whole, like as a group, I'm going to give them a C, I think. Or maybe a B minus. No, I'm going to give them a B minus because... No, I'm going to give them a B, actually. <laughs> oh, look at this. <laughs> Only because Tyler Boyd has been outstanding. And T Higgins has been outstanding for a rookie. And that those two guys right there are our future. And... Um, I mean, they. I mean, certainly Tyler Boyd. You'd say he's the best actually in his position in the league. I th- I really do think he's the best slot receiver in the league. And again, the stats kind of back that up. Uh, Higgins looks great. He looks uh, fun to watch. He's got a good catch radius. Um, he makes big catches. He makes contested catches. He has got blazing speed, but he plays plays fast. Um, so I, you know, I'm, everyone's loving T Higgins, and rightly so. Uh, I thought I think Mike Thomas has been a, a pretty good pickup in terms of sort of third, fourth receiver. Um, it's great to see Auden Tate back in the mix last week. I think all everyone's a fan of Auden just because of the crazy catches that he makes. But some of the effort that he was, the shift that he put in last week, and him diving uh, for first downs, you know, extending those long arms and diving to get the first down was just fantastic so you know he's not the quickest but he can make brilliant catches and his blocking's improved no end as well Auden Tate so I think he's actually you know come on again and I hope they use him obviously there's huge disappointment with John Ross um we've spoken about him for quite a while but um so yeah a bit of a mixed bag really uh, and you know Alex Erickson is 
pretty much redundant, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is his last season as a Bengal. As cool as he is as a guy, again, as reliable as he is, um, you know, I don't know, a bit of a mixed bag, but just, you just have to say Boyd and Higgins have been outstanding. Boyd particularly, you've got to love Tyler Boyd, haven't you? I don't think I could have said that much better myself, son. I, I'm, there's really not much for me to add. I, I agree with the B. T. Higgins is the big one for me. Tyler Boyd is a fantastic player. We know that. He's absolutely fantastic. T. Higgins, excellent addition. 33rd overall pick. You want that guy to be good, but there's never a guarantee when you take wide receivers, rookie wide receivers. There's a lot of examples in the last three or four drafts that really have not worked out in the first round and certainly in the second round. So, to get the production and to see the quality we've had out of him already is excellent. He's looked better than people like Henry Ruggs who were drafted ahead of him already. So really, really exciting um, to see the chemistry that Higgins and um, Joe Burrow have developed. I agree with you on AJ Green. He's looked better, but you can tell he's just... Um, it looks as if he's lost a bit of that speed and the explosiveness. Not to say it couldn't possibly come back. He's still working his way back from a long, long set of injuries, but that's the one thing this group misses. Obviously, like you said with John Ross, that's been a, a real shame, and I completely agree on Alex Erickson. I think a lot of people now are starting to scratch their heads as to what his role is in this team um, going forward. I think he's pretty much been replaced by Mike Thomas. So, yeah, I fully agree with you, my son. Okay, let's let's. That was actually quite positive, wasn't it? Let's go to the other side of the ball, uh, where I'm guessing it's not going to be quite as positive. <laughs> Uh, let's have a look at the defensive line. Difficult, 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 difficult. Location, location, location. Um, I, you know, Renault Wren got injured for the year. Josh Tupu opted out. Uh, our big money signing, DJ Reader, looked terrific first couple of three weeks and then he was injured for the season, which was a real hammer blow, I think. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, which you would not have predicted at the start of this season. Well, perhaps insiders might have done, but certainly as fans, we didn't. Uh, he left the club acrimoniously. We're getting about a quarter of the Geno Atkins that we know and love. Um, we've signed Xavier Williams. We've signed Marcus Bloody Hunt. And we've signed Mike Daniels. Um and Christian Covington. And I would say Daniels and Covington have been okay, actually. It's, I've not really noticed Williams too much, but, you know, um, you know, I'm sure he's doing a job out there. We've lost Sam, Sam Hubbard to injury. Our pass rush is non-existent. And I know it's not just the defensive line that uh, is about pass rush. Um, it's, it's, it, from going from one of our strongest position groups, it's... I would argue it's probably our weakest now. Um, and yet Carl Lawson's playing quite well this season. So there is a, a light there and Sam Hummard should be back in a couple of weeks, shouldn't he? So I'm not quite sure what his status is, actually. It would be lovely to have him back for the Pittsburgh game. But um, yeah, I've, I'm afraid I've got to give it a D, I'm afraid. Maybe even a D minus, I don't know. They have been better against the run and I do take my hat off to them. Armani Bledsoe works very hard and... You know, that's the thing, they're all working really, really, really hard, but they just haven't got the sizzle there, have they, really? No, I, I agree with you, the D, D-minus. Real shame what happened with Carlos Dunlap. We won't open that 
door again. But um, that's a real shame to ha- not have him on the team. As fans, like you said, we expected him to be a big part of this defence, and he obviously that has not turned out to be true, and we've not got a tonne in return for him. Um, again, we're not going to delve into that. But um, same with Gino Atkins. You know, you start to wonder with... These veterans on the team, we've sort of talked about it in the past. When does Father Time, you know, call it quits? And I don't doubt that Gino will have some success. And that, I don't think this is probably the end of him. But with the contracts, the money we're paying, the Bengals might look at that at the end of the season and say, look, uh, you know, are we getting value on this? What's our options here? So it's going to be interesting to see that. The injuries have just been brutal. As you said, going through all those guys, so many players we've lost, and it's very difficult for some of these new guys coming in with you know not much experience, um, being signed off the street. They don't know their teammates. They've got to pick the defence up. It, it's a real hard work, and I feel bad. I mean, Carl Lawson's come up. We all knew Carl Lawson had loads of talent. You know, you speak to anyone inside the Bengals, they always rave about, like Jeff Hobbs always raves about Carl Lawson, and you always see him in the preseason, and you see him flashing games but he, he's just struggled to put it together throughout his career and he's really doing that this season um ironically when he's in a contract year which is interesting but yeah apart from him it's it's tough reading um i was gutted to see dj reader go down I, he was just seemed like the exact person we signed and for the bengals are going to spend money in free agency everyone was very excited about it he looked like a really good strong player and I think would have been a big reason behind the sort of improvement across the whole team. So I hope that DJ can just come back next season, play a full season and really show us what he's got because that's one of the most exciting signings, if not the most exciting free agent signing we've made in probably the past two decades. So, yeah, fingers crossed for next season. But this season, I think, unfortunately, um, with everything included, it's going to have to be a D from me. Right, uh, let's have a look at linebackers, shall we? Again, uh, drafted heavily in that um, in that position group. We signed Josh Bynes and had Jermaine Pratt there and, of course, Jordan Evans. And, um, yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because I think they're doing quite a solid job. I've been a bit disappointed with Pratt. He hasn't really kicked on dramatically um i like um uh, akeem davis gaither but he's obviously still learning his game so he gets caught out a few times but that's okay he's learning um i think josh Bynes is fine as a sort of two down linebacker um but the the real plus point in that group is logan wilson i think he's been terrific yeah 100 sacks interceptions you know, coverage, I mean, it makes makes a hell of a difference. And you've seen it. Even though the defence hasn't been, like, pulling up any trees, far from it, um, it does make a difference when you've got someone in the linebacking core that can actually do a decent job. And I think uh, he's been a real bright high point this season, not just on the defence, but the whole team, actually. Yeah, absolutely. My, my, biggest, my biggest gripe with the linebacker, because I think last year we saw him push on and we I, he was the one guy you felt needed to lead that group a bit. I know Bynes obviously the guy with the experience and smart guy coming over from the Ravens, but you wanted to see the high ceiling that we felt like Pratt had and it just feels like that's not really been shown throughout eight games. But Logan Wilson's been phenomenal and he was highly regarded when we drafted him and he's really 
showing like he, the, what you want to see with a linebacker is someone just around the ball, someone that makes stuff happen. And it feels like a lot of the time when there's a big play, his name is around the ball, and that's what you want to see. And obviously, you know, his first year, you're not going to see anything crazy just yet. But I've been very, very impressed with him. So I think for me, I'd probably give him a C plus, B minus, maybe a B minus. I'll give him. Um, I think there's potential there. I don't think Bynes has been that fantastic. I think from a leadership perspective and obviously being made captain is probably good for those guys from a tutoring standpoint. I don't think his play has been amazing. Um, but probably, yeah, I'm probably giving him a... I'm going to go with a C plus. I'm going C minus. How about that? OK, let's go to the secondary, shall we? Um, again, it's a bit of a tale of two halves really isn't it um i think william jackson has played really well and we should sign him immediately i think um jesse bates has been a revelation he is statistically speaking the league's best free safety um and then we get to the side so two out of those four guys uh, have been terrific um now obviously we again more bad luck with injury trey waynes went down really eager to see what he can bring to the team um, but you know, Mackenzie Alexander has been good in patches, I think, uh, in the slot. But it's that cover corner. Darius Phillips has had his moments, but he's also been exposed. Uh, LaShawn Sims has been thrown in there and again, kind of had his moments, but you know, he's beaten very, very easily quite often. So it's a bit lopsided, it's really good on one side and not so great the other. So I'm going to give it a Ooh, again, C minus. I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think this unit would look quite a lot different if you'd had Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes, and they're playing together. Because then it looks quite deep. Because Waynes is probably your number one, maybe your number two guy, along with Jackson. And all of a sudden, then you start to be quite excited about it. I think the best thing this season, almost across the whole team, apart from Joe Burrow, has been the emergence of Jesse Bates. This is what you. If you're going to build a big quality team for the next five years. You need young guys like Pratt, who we were just talking about, and people like um, Jesse Bates to step up. And for the fact that Bates step up, and not only step up to a Pro Bowl level, but to step up at nearly an all-pro level at the moment through half a season, is exactly what you need if you're going to do that. You need quality players at young positions to be playing at a very high level, and he's doing just that. So for that alone, I'm probably going to give it a... Uh, B minus C, C plus again probably mm. I think that seriously weighs it up um, I think the rest of the group's been okay um, I think at times we've looked very vulnerable especially towards the end of halves but I think for the emergence of Jesse Bates alone I've got to give it um, the C, uh, C plus okay let's go to our final group special teams I give that a C um, I've liked Kevin Huber's punting he's punting very well this year as he kind of always does every year, really. But this year, I think he's been really good. Uh, Randy, apart from a couple of real oh, heartbreaking kicks, he's been pretty solid. Uh, Brandon Wilson ripped off a decent return last week, but and they haven't really left anything or let anything get past them uh, on the receiving team. So, um, yeah, C, I think. Solid efforts from special teams. 
Hooper's been brilliant. I mean, he might be having his best year he's ever had with us, which is unusual, but he's been fantastic. Bullock's literally done nothing wrong, but when he has done about the two or three things wrong, they've been major. That mm. kick out of bounds that cost us field position yeah, I forgot about that. Um, earlier in the year. Obviously, the miss, the first game of the season was catastrophic. I mean, that alone drags it down significantly. To lose a game... In that in that manner is pretty gut wrenching, um, and obviously had another quite costly miss. But you can't. I mean, there's a lot of kickers out there that regularly miss extra points. Randy's not done that. His percentages are high. Uh, you know, it's just we all know with Randy Bullock the distance is. You're not really going to want to roll him out there for much more than about 54, 55, and have much hope that it's going to go. You're certainly not going to do. Give him a 67-yard field goal like Joey Sly attempted yesterday uh, for the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, it's the clutch kicks, isn't it? And I think that's when it, you know, again, this season we're probably not going to be in contention, so we're not going to have to worry too much about these clutch kicks when it matters. But you just worry when we're sort of next year potentially and we're in a situation where we're sort of 7-5 and five or... We got like you know maybe in a lovely world we make the playoffs and we're in a tight game against you know the Titans and the wild card and you you roll him out from thirty nine to win it for you are you trusting him and that's what it ultimately comes down to so I think I'm going to give him to be honest with you a B just a straight B it might be a bit generous but I think they've been pretty good it's just at key moments it's been um, a bit unfortunate but overall the performance I think has been quite good and the punt returns have been quite good as well to factor into that so yeah fairly fairly pleasing uh, okay well that's our position group I'm going to give the coaches a well the thing I don't know it's difficult isn't it I think you know I've had a lot of criticism I think things are starting to turn around a little bit so we've just got to wait and see how they go for the final part of the season, really, because they are showing, they seem to be trending upwards, I think. Well, you're grading them some. Um, D plus. Yeah, I'll probably, I think that's, I think I'll probably on board with that. I think if you said after eight games, you had two and a half wins, you, we all said seven wins. I think me and you both said seven and nine. I think we both thought that would be a nice level of improvement. I think if you'd known how good Joe Burrow would have been, you might have all said, Jesus Christ, we might get eight, nine wins here because he's just been that good. Two and a half's not good enough. But the last couple of weeks, I think looking at that stretch, the eight-game stretch, which we'll come on to, you want to try and at least win four games there. I think if Zach Taylor can get to sort of six, seven wins, he'll feel quite good about it and it'll probably keep him in the clubhouse. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of games, if you look at the eight we've had, that he will know have been a big missed opportunity. And I think certainly the first couple of games at the start of the year, there was a lot of question marks around the coaching. But that being said, the last two weeks have been very impressive. Um, There's a fantastic first half performance against the Colts. And you look at the Colts, they're doing well at the moment. They're playing well. Um, We absolutely blew them away in the first half. And then obviously against the Titans, it was a very impressive performance against a good team. So, I think, yeah, D plus. I think if you'd asked two weeks ago, they'd have been in the sort of you know low D E territory. But I think the last two weeks have really given a lot of people hope. So very interesting last eight game stretch. So there we go. Uh, there's our half term grades for the team, and it's weird, isn't it? Because there's lots of positives there. There's not too many awful grades, and I think that's. Uh, I think it shows a team that is kind of on the cusp of something. 
uh, interesting and we're sort of, you know, well, we'll see. You have to say, you're right, I kind of, I think we both said seven and nine at the end of the season. We may still finish six, six nine and one. Uh, we might finish six, ten and one around that. So I don't think, um, you know, you have to judge it at the end of the season, really. Um, before we get into the second half of the show, uh, just so we don't have a guest this week, uh, we will be having some stupendo guests in the next uh, couple of three weeks. Um, but last week we spoke about James Bond and I was tickled by the idea of Nathan as James Bond. Um, so let's 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 listen to this. Carpe. Vite la banque. Suivi. The house will cover the difference. Bien, madame. Oui, monsieur. Changeur, s'il vous plaît. Carte. Neuf à la banque. I need Carte. another thousand. Oh, my, your courage, Miss. Um, uh, what's, your, what's your name? Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr. The name's Palmer. Nathan Palmer. All right? Too bad you have to go. Just as things were getting interesting. Here, come down here. Come down here, right? We'll go out and we'll sing some bronies. Sounds tempting. May I, um, let you know in the morning? Solid handle. Right, there we go, Nathan. Nathan Palmer is James Bond. What do you think? <laughs> Can you can you put me together like a uh, a tape like a so I can send it out to some studios? I think it's got some potential. That is, I just need to package it up and send it out. Absolutely, I think I think you could be in the running. <laughs> honestly, who wouldn't want to come and sink some Peronas with you? Uh, well, I, do you know what worries me now is that, and this is on you know fantastic to all of our wonderful listeners, but last week's episode hit two thousand listeners for the first time and it pains me to think that 2,000 people might possibly listen to that <laughs> exactly. rendition of James Bond. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, well, let's get back to serious business then uh, and our correspondence, you can get hold of us at whoday underscore UK on Twitter, Bengals UK on Facebook and on YouTube and uh, let's kick things off with Andrew Dockerell at Docker 77 Positives, OL now has interior depth Bates now top three NFL free safety. Burrow as advertised. Negatives. Injuries to key free agency signings. Coaching lost us some one-score games. No pass rush. Looking forward, Jonah consistency, development of young linebackers, Adenergy, a vital free agency and draft in the offseason. And Andrew does think we're going to finish 6-9-1. and one. Very good. Um, Killian at Malloy underscore double zero uh, impressed with the rookies especially logan wilson davis gaither and adenergy some good returns from brandon wilson have stood out to me we aren't perfect but i think we're a lot better than two five and one says we are uh, ramon at falcon underscore d16 uh first time caller i think ramon welcome um, impressed with the rookies, Burrow, Higgins, Wilson, and also Bates at the back end of our D. I almost might forgot my guy, uh, William Jackson. Disappointed in our off-season transactions and how 
they haven't played out due to injuries, but overall excited to beat the Steelers this weekend. That's what we like to hear, Ramon. Go on, Ramon. Shawnee at Shawnee01. Despite the record, I bloody love this team. We've got such a likeable set of young players. And the future is so bright for many of them. I hope we can hold on to them all. Here, here, Sean. Uh, Seamus, Seamus Lavery at Batfink 2001. First time caller, I think. Hello, Seamus. Uh, compare the quality of the current AFC North with the NFC East. Bengals are going to struggle to compete for a couple more seasons, but Burrow looks the real deal. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's... Uh, they're not very good, are they? Um, the, the NFC East, and yet what, what do we play? Well, we play three more teams in the back end of the season from the uh, NFC East, don't we? So, um, um, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, there's a couple of wins coming there if we can. If you know Washington and New York, you know they've got their players and they've got their good moments, but you would hope that. You know, we would win those two games, but we'll see. And finally, Sam Anger at Sam underscore Anger. I think both positives and negatives at the same time. Injuries have hurt on the D and lack of production from AJ. But man, I think this team has the players right now to move in the right direction. Burrow is an absolute sensation and a breath of fresh air for this team. Steelers, I think, will be close, just like every Bengals game has this season apart from the Ravens. I just feel that Burrow is that guy you can rely on to keep us in games. The team is on the up, and for the first time in years, it's not so painful to watch every week. Yeah, I mean, if you remember sort of the back end of Marvin's uh, tenure, and certainly Zach's first year last year in, in patches, you know, it was difficult watching the team, wasn't it? But, you know, there's lots of exciting things to to enjoy and yet yes i know we're losing uh we are two five and one and we sound strangely optimistic for a two five and one team but i think the team has made progress don't you oh absolutely yeah um i think the last two weeks as we've mentioned massive huge two weeks before i was really worried really worried i felt we were wasting talent i didn't think we were going trending in the right direction at all the last two weeks, that offense just looked absolutely powerful and like it could, um, you know, smash some people up. So the next eight games are going to be absolutely fascinating, absolutely fascinating to see if we can build on that because we're all in a good mood. The last two weeks have been very optimistic, positive, and I really just hope that the team can deliver on that optimism and on that potential because it is a much easier last eight games than first eight games, in my opinion. Um, so there's some wins to be had and uh, Zach Taylor still very very much has got a lot to prove so he's going to be eager to see how many he can eke out of those last eight so I've got my popcorn Sam well let's just have a quick look at the fixtures because obviously we're at the Steelers on Sunday uh, then we're uh, uh, Washington I believe uh, and then at home to the Giants Away to the Dolphins, which is now suddenly looking not quite a, not that it was ever a kind of a shoo-in, but it was certainly one that you would kind of say, this this looks like a winnable game. But the Dolphins are playing fantastically well at the moment. Uh, then at home to the Cowboys, home to the Steelers, 
away to the Texans and then home to the Ravens. So, you know, um, I think there's, I think it's got I think there's an, all over it. You really th- think so? I think so. I think the Ravens game at the end of the season, I think if you were playing the Ravens mid-season, you wouldn't have a chance. But I think they could be resting players potentially by then, which would give you a chance. Dallas was sneaky against Pittsburgh yesterday. I think they'll be hard, but I think it's a winnable. Washington and New York, you really would fancy yourself in those both of those games. So Washington had Kyle Allen going down yesterday with a nasty leg injury. So it'll be Alex Smith, who has not played a lot of football in a long time. So you'd really fancy us in that game. New York really have looked poor, like really, really have not looked good. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't fancy us against the Texans. I always just think going up against Deshaun Watson is always difficult. I really rate him so much as a player. He's been playing really well since Bill O'Brien's gone. So I think that's going to be a difficult game for us. But I think Zach Taylor, the the, the average, I think, would be to go 4-4. Four and four. I mean, there's more wins to be had there. I, I really think we've got to damn good chance against the Steelers this week. I really, really do. I actually am really glad they won against the Cowboys. I think if they'd lost that game, they'd have been pissed off coming in and playing us, and I think it would have been much more difficult. But, you know, they're 9-0. It gives us such a good opportunity to hand us their first loss. We're on a bit of a run. We've had two weeks to prepare for them. Ben Roethlisberger is going to probably be slightly limited in his movement after taking that shot yesterday. There's a big chance for us there, and I think that that is a winnable game. And if we could win that, then you don't know, because all of a sudden then you're 3-5-1. and one. Probably too early to be saying we've got any chance of really contending for the playoffs, but it's, it would certainly send a message out to the AFC North and the rest of the league that we're on something here. So, yeah, 4-4 four and four I think would be decent, 6-10, oh, sorry, 6-9-1. and one. Half a game out of where we thought we'd be, I think you'd take that, um, and it'd be a good building block for next season. Not sure I share the same optimism as you about the Steelers game. I just think their pass rush and their defense is just going to be too good. However, I do think we we you just hope that we're competitive against them, which sounds like yeah. a ridiculous thing to say. Um, oh, we just want to be competitive because we want to win. We want to beat the Steelers. If there's any team in this league that we want to beat, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I just think they're a bit too good for us, um, and I wouldn't. Again, lo- I would lower expectations for this week. But those games against Washington, against the Giants, against you know, still the Dolphins, you know, um, could be to a Burrow shootout, you know, and uh, which would be great fun to watch. I do think Houston on the road, even though it's on the road, and Deshaun Watson is terrific, and all the rest of it. That that's there's a chance there. Uh, I think the Steelers at home might be a chance. Who knows? We might be approaching those Steelers and Ravens. I just think that we will want to give the Ravens an absolute hell of a game in that final game of the season because they were embarrassed uh, in Baltimore. And I think that's in the back of their minds. They cannot wait to get them back to PBS. Now, whether we'll beat them or not, who knows? But I just think that if we go into that game having won... So there's eight games left, five out of the last eight. You know, the confidence will be so high. And um, I thought you were going to do a Kevin Keegan there. So. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it if we beat them. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. There's a chance against the Steelers, but um, it's difficult to predict. You know, we, we thought there might be a chance against the Ravens early in the, in the year, and they just flat out knacked us. You know what I mean? 
and there is a danger of that happening against the Steelers because then they're not nine and zero for any you know yeah for no, a right. good you're reason. Right. You that, are right. And that pass rush is just frightening. It really is. Uh, it's probably the best pass rush you've faced all season. Um, so I'm going to throw some scenarios at you, my son. Go I'll on. just throw you some scenarios. I want you to digest and regurgitate for me. Right. You want me to throw up live on the programme? <laughs> if you possibly could. Okay, I'll try. Um, if we go 6-2, and two, so we have a mad second half of the season, and yeah. we finish... Eight, seven, and one. Mm. Do we have any realistic chance of making the playoffs? In your opinion, I'd say probably not really, because you think that Pittsburgh and Baltimore are going to go into the playoffs from our division. You're probably thinking that Tennessee and maybe Indianapolis have got a shout for the playoffs in the South. Um, the AFC. What am I missing here? The West, obviously, Kansas City. I think it'll be just Kansas City from that division this year. Um, and I think the East will be Buffalo and, you know, Miami have got a shot. So I think we might, you know, it might be a bit too little too late, really, maybe. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not quite sure whether we're there at the moment, but... Um, no, fair enough, fair enough. I, I agree with you on that. What about... Counter that, we go two and six, not six yeah. and two, two and six, finish up four, um, 11 and one. What are you saying then for how we look at that point? Are you, I mean, obviously, it would be disappointing, but would you say that that would indicate any changes at the helm or any? Would you be inclined to panic or would you accept that? No, I wouldn't panic. I would be disappointed but I wouldn't panic I'd probably keep Zach for another season I know lots of people will be throwing their podcast device against the walls when they hear that um, I think I think you might have to make some changes though I think especially on the defensive side of the ball I think Lou out of all the seats I think Lou's is the hottest he's got a hot Lou as Lou and um, do, do you know what I missed from this podcast is what, what would Lou do? <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, that's podcast gold right there. I what, can't, we... <laughs> I, can't I, I completely forgot about what would Lou do. Um, yeah, I think Lou, the Lou seat is hot. Um, basically, what a pun that is. There you go, just to I'll end just the program. The podcast now. Well, there we go. Um, well, guys, thanks very much for listening yet again. Uh, I think uh, uh, Steelers Week has always got a bit of a something special and a bit of extra spice to it. So um, bring it on, as I say. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, to uh, digest what has happened. Um, hopefully it'll be a competitive game and you never know. You just never, ever know. We'll also be back for the online tailgate. Uh, on Sunday before the game so do tune in for that and if you want to drop us a line and say hello um, we of course are on Twitter at Hooday underscore UK uh, on Facebook uh, Bengals UK and also on YouTube if you'd like to have a look at our videos on there um, so yeah until then until next week be safe and it's a Hooday from me and a Hooday from me cheers guys and it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast 
do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organization.